guys, welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and episode number 27. So today we are very, very lucky to be joined by Rob Lipset. And so Rob, if you don't already know him, which would be a giant surprise because he's got an awesome social media following, is he is basically a social media influencer. He's also a personal trainer, online coach. He runs Lipsit Fitness, which provides online coaching and clothing. Um, now, Rob's been in the industry for quite some time now, and he has grown a YouTube following of a, over 100,000. Um, now, that's some, some mean feats. <laughs> and the engagement is what I really, really like about Rob's channel is that it's not just views and it's not just numbers. He has real people commenting on his videos. I notice Rob always making an effort to engage with his following and everyone that I've ever mentioned Rob to has always had good things to say. Um, so I'm really excited about this episode. We're basically going to be diving into um, social media and how to grow your own and mainly talking a little bit more about Rob's journey and what he thinks potentially younger people could be doing to maximize their social medias. Uh, so Rob, first of all, thanks very much for coming on and, and giving up some of your time. Oh, well, thanks so much for such a lovely introduction. Um, I was just saying to AJ before this call that he has such good guests on and he's also just a really well-spoken individual. So I'm really excited to get this podcast underway and thank you for that. Yeah, it's really no nice of you to say. No worries, mate. No worries at all. So, Rob, just to give the listeners a bit of an idea, give us a bit of background as to how you eventually ended up in the fitness industry, potentially what you were doing before, and yeah, just give us a bit of a background in terms of your journey so far. Okay, right, so there's like, on my journey, there's like so many ups and downs, you know, am I doing this, am I doing that, but I guess, we're gonna start from the beginning, okay? Yeah, so I guess I got into fitness from playing rugby, okay? You're from the UK, so you know, you know well about rugby. For any Americans watching, it's uh, our version of American football. Mm -hmm. And so I was really into the training side of things. You know, I was like a decent ball player, but I was like way better at the fitness and the conditioning and the strength side of things. Uh -huh. So we would have uh, weights before school every single morning uh, before everyone else woke up. And I loved that. There was just something that felt Friday night lights about it and the conditioning and like the tire flipping, everything, it, it was badass, okay? So I love that. And so that's what got me into the gym. That's what first got me exercising. And then I finished school and I played rugby for a little bit, but then I just started to get more invested into the gym. So long story short, that took over. I still love, I still love rugby, I watch it the whole time, but I don't play it. <laughs> now, back to kind of school. I was not like the best student ever, okay? And when I say not the best student ever, I'm talking like bottom of the class, okay? <laughs> and that's one thing I don't like about the education system that if you're not good at freaking maths or accounting, you're an idiot, you know? You're, you're deemed just stupid, you get this big fat F. So I thought I was thick, I thought I was never gonna amount to anything, and I just did some, I, I actually got into college and I did some half-assed business course, okay? Because again, I was just led to believe that we all have to go to school, then go to college, get a mortgage, have kids, and die, and throw, throw a job that you hate in there as well, yeah. just for good measure. So I went to business college, You'd go into the lecture hall, you'd be there with a bunch of hungover students, a lecturer who doesn't want to be there, and it just wasn't for me, okay? I ended up failing 
my first year i tried again second year failed okay so oh, wow. at this stage i'm just like i'm the biggest idiot in the world i cannot do a single thing the only consistent thing that i'm good at in my life is fitness and the gym okay so then i think we're always like led to believe that we should work on our weaknesses instead of playing to our strengths oh, I like that. and it's just i just don't agree with that okay yeah. so i said you know what i'm gonna go pursue what I'm good at, okay? I'm gonna go see how far I can take this gym and fitness thing, because it's what I, I love doing, and it's what I am genuinely still have a passion for after all these years. It hasn't hasn't dulled on me. So I, you know, I got my personal trainer uh, certificate, sports nutrition certificate and everything, and funnily enough, I passed those exams without having to study. And I'm not saying that, I'm just so great. I'm just saying like, if you're actually passionate about something, you'll succeed in it. Yeah, sure. And um, so then I started a Facebook page. This is in 2015, maybe 2014. Okay, wow. And, okay, and that was my first like ever thing. And I started writing, instead of uh, statuses, I'd write articles and posts, like informative, evidence-based nutrition training protocols Absolutely. and people would tag their friends and then they'd end up inboxing me for uh, plans and advice uh -huh. and that is when uh, the business was born i was like okay i can make a living out of this and um, i can be an online personal trainer because people are literally asking me for plans online every single day yeah, and so then i transitioned onto youtube and it just grew from there so that's that's like that's a an intro of how it began really amazing yeah i mean that's it, it's such a cool journey and it's it's kind of quite similar to the way that i got into the fitness industry because i was never like an academic either and i was constantly worried about the fact that i wasn't progressing in my studies and i can remember being at college and taking up some subjects that you know were relevant to what i wanted to do but i was still really bad at them and um i i, I honestly i just wanted to progress like i had a huge amount of passion and work ethic for for all all, all of my training and uh, that was something that drove me into the fitness industry as well and you know i'm sure we'll get into it later in the podcast but i think now unfortunately there's more people get into the fitness industry that aren't driven by that and that are actually driven by other external factors that are just not they're just not the right things to be driven by and they end up falling by the wayside and you know i think hopefully maybe We'll maybe reach a few of those people that are considering it and they'll realize oh okay actually no i do actually love something else a little bit more than the fitness industry and maybe i should leave it to the the people that actually really really love it right <laughs> yeah i i think some people see the glamorous side of it and they're like oh you get to go to the gym for a living and yeah. they don't see the the actual yeah. real work being done they don't see you actually helping people you don't you don't look at the advice you're giving out the research you're doing and like the actual groundwork really and then so people get into it for the wrong reasons and they don't actually give remember to give back yeah no for sure absolutely so rob when people um think of a youtuber or think of someone that runs their own business i know quite a lot of people are interested in what i do on a given day what i what i do when i wake up how i plan out my day etc so Maybe just talk us through what an example of a, a normal day in your life looks like and, and maybe sort of any rituals or routines that you specifically have that maybe have impacted you in a positive way over, over your career in the fitness industry. Absolutely. Uh, well, one thing, the first thing that I do every single day, it's like one of the 
very consistent things in my life is I write out a to-do list every single day. Either the night, like just before I go to bed or just as soon as I wake up in the morning, I plan my day with a to-do list. Don't be writing it down in notes on your phone. It has to be physical, right? It has to be real life, okay? Physical puts it out into the world, makes it happen, okay? So that's that's one thing that I, I do no matter what. But my schedule can change a lot on a given day, but I always try to do something productive. Sure. Be it, you know, a podcast like this, an interview, put up a video, have a meeting with someone, um, something always like that, you know, leave the house and actually get out into the world. Yeah. But my typical day is I'll wake up in the morning, I'll have breakfast or whatever. I, maybe sometimes I won't have breakfast if I like I'm cutting or something. I'll delay my first meal, but then I'll get started on emails, uh, do some plans, and then I'll probably go to the gym around 11 or 12 midday. That's just when I feel best going to the gym. I'll get home, I'll eat, I'll usually go about my errands, and then again, it's back on the laptop, editing and packaging orders, and you know the usual mundane stuff that people don't often see. So they think it's just, trips to Monaco and Texas and, you know, having all this fun. But there is a lot of just behind-the-scenes work of me on my laptop up until 3 a.m. some nights. Um, So, like, a lot of, yeah, like, when you're running an online business, a lot of it is going to be you sitting at a laptop. But but that's cool. You know, it's interesting, and I do not mind it at all. And, of course, you get to choose your own hours. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I think a lot of people, again, with the whole getting into the fitness industry and growing social medias, think that it is just some sort of massive relaxing job where you can just... Oh, they think it's some (laughs) free-for-all. They literally... It's like I always say, you will never, ever, ever build your dream life without putting in some form of effort. You know, it's just not how it's not how the universe works. You know, it's just it's not that easy. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, as you progress, I'm sure that you will in future maybe employ people to do the jobs that you don't particularly enjoy doing. I know that I know that you super enjoy doing your own vlogs and your own edits as well, but when you don't have the time to do the really, really fancy stuff, I know that you've got other people following you around with a camera, and that's exactly. something that's obviously come over time and you've invested in, but you didn't start with that, which is something that I'm really interested in as to sort of when you initially started like producing content, what did it look like in terms of the equipment or the infrastructure that you had? Because I know it was something quite special that you actually started with. Um, and and what, how, has, how has it progressed over time to you actually getting now some uh, younger guy following you around with a camera? for, for some I'm, I'm actually so glad you asked this because... <laughs> Like the start is like something that I always just like look back on. I'm just like, man, that's just so funny. It's just so interesting to look back on. And a few YouTubers, when they like make it big, quote unquote, whatever that means, they delete their first videos because they're embarrassed of them or something. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm like, I'm looking back. I actually literally look back on one of my first videos today and I'm just like, this guy can hardly string a sentence together. <laughs> and so, yeah, like I started on my iPhone, literally iPhone 5, right? Because iPhone 7 wasn't even invented, right? So we're on the iPhone 5. I'm living in this B&B hostel thing. Um, just long, Shared long accommodation, right? There. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> go, go watch the first videos. There's like random people in the background walking in my video. <laughs> the house is a complete mess. Like it's just, it's just, you know, it's not <laughs> where I wanted it to be. No. But that's that's the thing, okay? I started, and people are always waiting for the perfect camera, the perfect time, the perfect opportunity. Oh, I got to get the perfect intro, and what happens? They never start. Yeah, okay, everyone's right. all this. And, and no one actually does anything. Everyone talks about doing, but they never actually just wake up and go, okay, today's the day I put my boots on and get out there. So, so the start is like the hardest. The start is the scariest. The start, you'll see the slowest progress, mm. um, but you got to start. It's the most important part. Yeah. Um, so like pick up your phone, anything, um, you know, start posting on Instagram, whatever, just begin and you'll get better at it over time. No, for sure, absolutely. I think obviously your journey with starting with an iPhone is is is, is quite different to that of of some younger people that are starting now. I know quite a few people that I'm close with that have you know invested loads of money in a camera and a microphone, wanting to sort of copy these YouTubers or be like them. And I think what they don't realise it's almost like the analogy or the scenario where you get a younger trainee and they're starting to copy IFBB Pro workouts, they don't realize that in IFBB Pro didn't start with that. Um, and I guess it's the same with sort of the technology or the advancement of what you use, you've you used over time to record your stuff. Yeah, um, that, that's so true. It's like um, putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. And it's like they buy all this equipment and then they figure out in 10 videos down the line, they don't really like making videos. Yeah. They don't really like YouTube. So yeah, that's why like start small. And it's like, yeah, just like you said with training, it's like people, they start on these extremely high volume programs and they're just burnt out. So it's like, that's like the perfect analogy. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Wicked. So when you started producing content, Rob, I know that you had a Facebook page, et cetera, and you were looking to put out, put out more advice and tips and things like that. So what what was the main driving factor towards you starting a, a YouTube channel specifically? Like, what actually got you to think, mm, like, I really want to do some video content? What was the main factor? Yeah, um, one there's a few reasons, and one of them was um, I would you know just watch other people. And I'd say, I like what these guys are doing. They get to live out their passion and connect with people all over the world, giving out great advice. And I say, I want to do that too. And then another one was that no one in Ireland was doing it. Like, and when I say like, like no one, there was literally not any fitness YouTuber. So Mm. I was like, oh my God, there's a gap in the market. Time to get in on that. And that definitely paid off because in my opinion, my number one rule of marketing is get people talking about you. Yeah. Okay, that, that's essentially what marketing is at the fundamental level. So when I started, you know, making videos of what I eat in a day, the advice I give out, you know, my lifting sessions, um, people would talk about it. They'd be like, yeah, you got a bit of stick for it at the start, but people would be like, look at this Irish guy, you know, posting his whole gym routine online. Mm. Let's go check him out. And in Ireland, it's really funny because it's such a small population and Dublin is even smaller. And cool. um, like Dublin's like a little bubble. It's like a town pretty much. Uh-huh. And so everyone knows everyone. So everyone would kind of start talking about it and it generated a bit of, uh, bit of heat. Um, so yeah, that, that's 
um, sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. But yeah, so the reasons I actually did start were because I liked what other people were doing and I wanted a slice of the action and I wanted to just pursue my passion. Yeah, for sure. And were you sort of getting at that, at that sort of time, were you getting a lot of repetitive questions that you thought, right, okay, probably some of the best way to deal with this is to produce content that just acts as a sitting resource for these people oh yeah absolutely i i think one of the first like video series i ever did was i just did 10 frequently asked questions Great. that i always get asked and i can just link them to people and like that's what i did that was like yeah that was like the first thing i ever did actually so it was stuff like on fasted cardio is a carb a carb yep. meal timing uh supplement basics just the really basic stuff that i could ping out to people yeah, no, for sure. I think that's what people maybe fail to recognize is that to drive people to a channel first, you maybe need to provide what they want. And a lot of the time, you know, people, I think, get too in depth with, oh, I've got to get the perfect edit. I've got to edit it like Rob's videos or edit it like Jeff's videos. And they spend too much time worrying about that, that they don't actually put the effort into providing value to whatever their following is. Yeah, you really said it when you said the word value there. Like, it needs to be mutually beneficial. Like, people need to be getting something from your videos because they're giving you 15 minutes of their life, okay? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, they need to walk away from the video with anything. And, you know, that can be uh, information, that could be motivation, it could be entertainment, it can yeah. be funny, it can be anything, but it just needs to be something. They need to walk away feeling good. So value and being mutually beneficial, you really, when you said value there, I was like, yeah, that, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so when people are looking to produce content and grow their social media, so for you, obviously, you wanted to provide value, but again, at the same time, I think maybe people tend to forget that you have, have actually got your own business and mm. all these socials are providing absolutely ginormous leverage for Lipsit Fitness, which is obviously awesome. And a lot of people want to replicate that. I'm a person that wants to replicate that because I want to provide leverage. Hence yeah. why I'm probably speaking to you today because I, I, <laughs> I love your stuff <laughs> and I love leverage. Um, yeah. So when people are looking to produce content, how would you say people should find their strengths and how do you think your confidence on video has progressed? Because a lot of people you'll see, they'll get on YouTube and they'll actually just suck at video and they'll really suck at video content. And I'm actually one of those people that I think I'm not amazing at filming a vlog and being confident behind a vlog for like 15 minutes. Um, so how do you reckon people can get more confident over time and how should they focus their content if they're looking to really, really focus on their strengths, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, I totally get you. In terms of the confidence thing, uh, this has actually happened in a few ways for me. So I look at my first videos and I'm kind of looking around, uh, mm, you know, not really sure what to say. Yeah. Skip a few videos in, getting a little bit better, mm. and then up until now where it's like standing in front of a camera, it's just second nature. Mm. So it's literally like, learning to ride a bike it's literally just practice 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 and doing something over and over again uh -huh. and you can even look at my public this is like another thing my public speaking engagements my first ones like were actually really bad oh god compared to now <laughs> and my first ones were like so prepared like i would literally like write out everything even my first videos i would like write out like what i'm gonna say and that oh, would actually okay. 
yeah, yeah. And that would actually make me worse. Yeah, like, no, same. I'm trying to like stick to the script, but now I'm way better by just not actually preparing for something and just being myself. So obviously being, it's easy to say, be yourself, but it's very hard to actually do it. So my advice is literally just start and practice, 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 mm. and you'll get better over time. Um, it's literally like anything. It's like in powerlifting. Um, I think I was listening. I forget who I was listening to, but they were talking about like the squat, and it's like how a lot of it is like technique, and that literally just takes you doing it over time to yeah. get better at it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think it's something that people are worried about when they get into the whole YouTube scenario is that you know that they'll produce a bit of content that will not be appreciated by the people that follow them and especially people that I've seen who have maybe superb Instagram followings or superb Facebook followings and they do a video on YouTube and it's just like it's you can tell it's not them or it's not a replica of what they're producing on other platforms so is there any tips or advice that you've got for people that I guess want to stay consistent across all three or all, all three of the big social medias how do you keep your message consistent because something that I've seen is that you are very consistent in the way that you speak your tone of voice etc so how do you do that yeah that's actually it's funny you mention that because a lot of times when people they might have a big instagram following and it doesn't always carry over to youtube yeah, that's um, because you know maybe people are because instagram is just photos uh -huh. you know photo and video are very different so people might just like how you look they maybe if you're one of those ass instagram girls with millions <laughs> of followers it's just going to be people you know there for your ass like and then when you do a youtube video they don't actually care what you have to say yeah. so your message has to be kind of consistent across the board like so compare that to someone who's giving out like their personality yeah. on instagram people will be like hmm i actually want to hear what they have to say yeah. so i'm going to go click on their youtube so that will carry over and YouTube actually tends to carry over on to all platforms. I actually think YouTube and well, I, yeah, video is the most powerful kind of uh, social platform because people really get an idea of what you're like. Yeah, you yep. know, You're like talking, you're like real life in front of the camera. You're just not posting a still out of your 24 hours a day. You're like, you know, proper bringing people along with the, with you for yeah. your whole day. So people really get an idea of what you're like and get invested in you. Yeah, I actually, I actually really, really agree with that comment on the fact that I think video content is quite a big influencer as to people's decision-making process. So when people see people on video, I think they can almost trust them more when they get to know them because if you just put out photo after photo after photo and I mentioned that I was having you on my podcast, I don't think as many people as they did say, oh, Rob's a really, really nice guy because they know you're a nice guy because they've seen lots of video content. Um, and I think I've seen that as well with my, with my business, my own business for coaching. I've recently, the last, literally the last two, three weeks, I put out more video content on the page, more video content, more video content. Pretty much every day I've had an inquiry. And that's, that's super... That's way higher than it usually is. Yeah, AJ, um, we are on the same page here. Uh, that is like such a brilliant topic. And from a business point of view, I can yeah. tell you that is so true. Mm -hmm. Like when people know the person behind the brand, they are more willing to invest in that brand. So, sure. I, you know, I brought out an ebook. Um, you know, I do online coaching as well. And people are like, 
I'm not just like on some like fake profile. Like they, they just, they know you as a person. They're like, so what you said is just so, so true. They get to know the brand on a personal level and they connect more. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, you know, and that, that's part of the reason why some people have just got to push the boat out and have the confidence to do it because I think once they do it, even if it's not perfect, like the videos that I've put out this week, I'm literally sitting on this chair. I've got my iPhone pinned pinned against the um, windowsill, pretty much similar <laughs> to yours. And the only thing that I do is put it onto iMovie and put some text at the top so people are drawn into it. And that's it. You know, it takes yeah. me like five, ten minutes. People and complain you know, that it takes too people, long. Some people literally prefer that because it's more personal. Yeah. Um, I forget who it was. It's some like it was some massive YouTuber. Um, she always does her own vlogs, and then for one or two videos, she got it like really highly edited. Uh-huh. And people said, "I just prefer when you do your own vlogs." Yeah. And yeah. I got actually like similar feedback. Yeah. You know, when I'm doing a talk or something, and I need a videographer to record it, that's fair enough but what i actually found works best for me and my audience is when i vlog half the day myself holding the camera and then half the day you know higher production so you get the best of both worlds you get that personal touch and this is actually it's like kind of a it's it's a it's on the topic Mm. but basically when kylie jenner okay when she posts a selfie uh-huh. That gets more engagement than when she posts a professional photo shoot because oh. people feel like she's sending them that selfie. Yeah. People feel like she's in the phone with them, you know? So it's just a really way of thinking of it. And it's like, I think it's like a big, a big social experiment sometimes. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting. So yeah, sometimes lower quality can be better and it can, um, it, it can feel more personal. Yeah, no, it is interesting that, and it's something that you can't always predict. So, like, yeah. the algorithms of socials is just so, so confusing. Like, there's so many things going on that you cannot, can, you can never think, okay, right, I know this bit of content works at this time, and I'll look at my analytics, and I'll go, okay, well, I know my followers are here, 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 and that works really, really well. Because you post something, and it will just absolutely flop for no reason. You'd be like, I put loads of effort into that. There's no <laughs> chance that's going to flop. And then it just completely flops. And yeah. Like, well, um, what the hell went on? Some of my like worst <laughs> vlogs have the highest views. That's like bad. it's just like it's so unpredictable. Like yeah, it, it is crazy. That's why I love it though. It's like big social experiment. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. That's that's the best thing about it. Um. So when it comes to um growing your social media and regular, I guess regular actions that you take to be consistent. What does it look like across your platforms? So give us a bit of an idea as to how consistent you are on everything. So how frequently are you Snapchatting? How frequently are you using IG story? How frequently do you post on Instagram? You know, all of these things, what does it all add up to? Yeah, absolutely. A great question. And consistency and frequency, it's not only one of the most important parts, it's one of the hardest. Yeah, you know, like sure. it, re- it really is hard because people think that like, oh it's no big deal you know you you just post or something but it's like this is your job and you got to show up to work every single day um so i post on instagram and snapchat story instagram story and snapchat uh, multiple times a day at least five to ten you know snaps or videos instagram i haven't 
miss a day in a year. So I post a photo on Instagram every single day. Like even if I'm stuck for something to post, I'll like do a throwback or something. Yeah. Because if you actually stop posting, you'll stop appearing in people's feed. Uh, is that how it works? You, you, yeah, you actually like fall off people's, like if people don't constantly see you, you actually fall off their newsfeed. That's the algorithm can really like screw you over with that. Okay. Uh, YouTube is of course the hardest, okay? Like there's actually, there's been a lot of, recently there's been a lot of videos done about daily blogging by daily vloggers and they break it down on how stressful it is and they're like for most people you know it's not worth it and i've actually done daily vlogs myself uh, i did i think it was like leading up to my competition yeah, and it was it was so difficult. <laughs> like people don't realize there's six hours of editing behind a lot of videos. Like, and then you actually have to do it. You have to think of content. Like people are just like, oh, you're a YouTuber. Your life's a joke. It's, it's easy. And it's like, it's really difficult. So for me, a sustainable, um, you know, video frequency is three to four videos per week. Okay. Um, so like maybe this week I've only done like two videos, but maybe a week after I'll do four to five videos. So on average, it's three to four videos a week or every second day, yeah. which is still quite hard. Yeah, no, I you know, like if, if you do, I'd say like two videos per week, that's like even not that bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually quite, you definitely want to do more than one a week, but like two videos a week, I think is good for most people. And it's like the minimum to see some good growth. Yeah, um, sure. yeah so that, that would be my main ones. Instagram, Facebook, every single day. Um, Snapchat and Instagram stories, five to 10 a day. And then YouTube, three week is probably the most solid recommendation. Nice, for sure. Um, when it comes to Facebook, what are you doing on Facebook at the moment? And have you shifted more towards using Facebook as like a, I guess, sort of um, an advertisement for your coaching and your, for your clothing brand as opposed to putting out informative content? Is that the route it's taken? Yeah, unfortunately, um, like it's actually funny, okay? Because like I said, I started on Facebook, okay? My Facebook page was the first thing that I ever did on social media. And now at that time, Facebook was really good and it was really naturally, the growth was naturally organic. Yes, and then yeah. they changed the algorithm. Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg was just like, I want to retire, I want to make hella dough. So now you got to pay for ads. Yeah. Um, so but now like Facebook is still brilliant on that, on that sense. Yeah, like so if, you pay, yeah. if you actually pay, you will actually get seen a lot. So yeah, I've been sure. upcoming Google AdSense and Facebook ad campaign. Okay. It, it'll be launching in, I think like two, three, this month anyways. But um, yeah, it, it does not grow naturally, but it is really good if you actually do it properly. Um, but then Instagram right now, really natural and organic. YouTube with the recommended uh, trending and homepage, really natural and organic. But yeah, so unfortunately Facebook has gone, um, you know, the way where it's more about advertisements, but that's not necessarily a bad thing if you just learn to play the game. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. I think I think everyone's got to learn to play the game right, and I think I'm still massively learning with the whole advertisement on Facebook, etc. Um, Me too. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably my like least knowledgeable um, field, and that's something I'm improving on right now. Because yeah. I'm just so used to like making content and for it to just go well without having to pay, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I have to pay now? What, what the hell? Yeah. But uh, it's just like, sure, Rob, and just you know, adapt. You yeah. know, get get used to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, I've had some some posts, for example, where you know you, you'll put it out and it'll be a good bit good bit of content. You'll boost it or whatever, pay for it, and it will get like some ginormous reach out of nowhere, and you don't have a clue how that happened, but it somehow does. Um, yeah. And then you can't seem to replicate it. Um, mm. So also with the content side of things, I know you gave some really really good numbers there in terms of what people should look to do. But have you seen any issues with you? I know you have maybe with the daily vlogs in terms of stress levels. But have you seen seen any term any problems with like posting too frequently and actually having not enough people view the snaps or view the story or view the um, YouTube videos? And have you lost any sort of maybe momentum as a result of that? Yeah, um, me personally, I, I haven't, as that's always been something I've been quite wary of. And I'm like, I find it stressful enough, you know, posting sometimes once a day on Instagram. Yeah, Some days sure. I'm literally on my laptop for the entire day and I'm like, what the hell do I post? Yeah, crap. So yeah, exactly. So I haven't had any problems with posting too much, okay. but some people I do see, they post way too often and it's actually the same as what I mentioned previously about dropping off the newsfeed, only a certain amount of posts will appear. Because that's unfair on other people. Like imagine if you're posting six times a day and every single one of them is showing up on people's newsfeed, whereas someone who posts once a day and they might not show up. So yeah, you can definitely do overposting in my opinion. But uh, so Instagram, I'd say, one post to three posts you're in the safe zone i think it's a good safe balance <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely uh snapchat and instagram stories it's very hard to overpost because people can just skip through them but i have removed some people um did that i'm just like okay this is going on for like too long yeah. you know my thumb's getting tired here um and then so yeah they'd be the main two and then on youtube unless you're like established as a daily vlogger uh, once per day could be not only a little bit too much, but just like a little bit too stressful as well. So yeah, that that'd be my take on overposting. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. I um in terms of the stress and things like that, it's funny you mention that you did that before your show because obviously being a natural bodybuilder myself, I follow a lot of other natural bodybuilders and I actually saw two of my friends that were doing daily vlogs up to their show, and. I just saw them fall off a cliff at the end of it because they were putting in so much effort into the vlogs and the vlogs would get bit worse, bit worse, bit worse, bit worse and they'd be getting more tired, more tired and I don't, I personally don't think that that's going to be a positive influence on, on a natural bodybuilding prep or, or any sort of bodybuilding prep for that matter um, but did you, as a result of sort of I guess showing and being very honest about your your prep and your fat loss did you gain a good following through creating a series out of that because I'm very interested as to how those sort of series work and do you gain like more following in that time as opposed to when you're just going through the motions and not really having a series behind it is there any yeah. benefits um one thing okay first off in terms of having a series um, or storyline as, yeah. as it could actually be better referred to okay. is it gets people invested, okay? Yeah. People want to see the series finale, you know? So yes, yeah. it, it, you, you've got a storyline, you've got a beginning, middle and an end. And I see some YouTube channels and they actually like fall off, their engagement goes really low because they never actually have 
anything going on or they never have any like what's the word like a finale you know any development or anything yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. like nothing nothing going on like you always and that's the annoying thing is you always got to be doing something you know you got to keep the content interesting it can't be the same year after year so that's why like this year i'm going traveling like you know i'm literally i'm gonna start another company in a couple of months you know bring out some more clothing or something just always keep things interesting Mm -hmm. and you always have something to do and another example of this is like my friend christian guzman you know he's got really high engagement because he's always like he trades in his car or he (laughs) opens up a gym or like you know moves house he's the man the man works very hard i'll tell you and so he's always up to something you know so that's why he's got really high engagement so then yeah with a series it's going to keep people engaged because they want to see that series finale. Mm. So in this case, competing, people want to see the show day. Um, So series are great for that. But one thing I would recommend that I see a lot of people do, and I think it's unnecessary, is in their title of the video, is they title the video like, you know, AJ Prep series number 127, and it just looks really messy. Okay. You know, so it's like, you should still keep the titles um, kind of like general in the sense that they'll appear up in the recommended and people will click on them okay. because people might not know who AJ Prep Series is exactly. and, they're not, and they're like, oh, one, two, seven, you know, I don't want to join in now. Yeah, um, so yeah. maybe just call it like, you know, something happened in the builder full day of, of dieting, you know, or something like that. And maybe even put the series number in the thumbnail, but I would say to not put it in the title or even like, you know, just make your titles look nice and clean. Yeah. So I think that's what some people do. But uh, yeah, series are, are great. Like I said, storyline. Okay. Yeah, Keep for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes total sense. I think, I think like when I, I had a brief, brief um, install of doing a few videos and looking back at them now like you said looking back at yours they they, they suck so bad um like uh, you gotta embrace the sun yeah no they suck so bad no the full day of eatings one were, were horrible they were so bad and um <laughs> just absolutely no talent for video whatsoever so so bad it's good <laughs> yeah no, no, definitely. maybe it was so good it was bad <laughs> yeah no um and I, I think i did actually somehow gain a bit of traction out of them which is incredible considering the um the content in them but nevertheless i think that yeah people do love that sort of the series following a series because you know like i i did did some up to a up to the show itself and then the, the show itself that video got you know way more views than any of the other ones Same. people care yeah. about that so Same. um that's interesting when it comes to uh, your this is a question that might be a bit difficult to think about but when it comes to your toughest times as growing your in growing your own business so within the fitness industry as opposed to maybe socials what what's been your toughest time and and how have you actually broken through that and continued to progress the way you are now yeah so like that actually kind of touches on the last question sometimes you get a sense of what the hell do i do next yeah and you're unsure of where to go and that can be like really confusing you start comparing yourself to others um you know you start getting a little bit of anxiety and it can be a real like head wreck and i think once you stop having fun with it and you start forcing content Mm -hmm. that's when people people can pick up on that you know and people will be like he's not enjoying making videos so i'm not going to enjoy watching them so sometimes you got to take a step back 
and just remember why you started and remember like why you enjoy this, why you enjoy posting on Instagram, why you enjoy telling people, updating people on your progress and everything. So sometimes it does just get really overwhelming and you do just need to take a step back from it or sometimes just the stressors of your life just really build up on you and yeah, like I said, you need to just take like, take a step back and just have a look at things as a whole. So in terms of things like that get hard, yeah, I, I always like, I'm a very like grateful person. Like, so sometimes when I'm complaining, I'm like, oh, I can't think of a YouTube video. I'm like, shut up. You could be like starving in some third world country with a diseases or you could be a disabled or something. Yeah. You could be in a wheelchair. Shut the hell up, Rob. Yeah, so sometimes I do think of that and that's how I snap myself out of it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely times where it does just get a bit of a mind, mind fuck, excuse yeah. my language. No, um, and I think comparing yourself to other people is, I think it's probably one of if not the worst things you can never do. It's literally like me comparing myself to Bill Gates and being like, why am I a billionaire? Yeah. You know, like me and Bill, Bill being at the Microsoft game, the computer <laughs> game for a long ass time, you know? So it's like, you can always compare yourself to someone in a better position than you, but you're looking at their chapter 10 when you're on chapter one. Yeah, so, no, that's really yeah, good. I think that can really be self-sabotage. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And that, that goes across everything. So that goes from, you know, just comparing yourself to other people's physiques and comparing your business to another business. And whilst mm. this can be beneficial, you need to take it with an all like a pinch of salt because Oh yeah. Like like take example and take yeah. inspiration, but don't don't be hard on yourself. Don't be negative on yourself. It's literally pointless. Yeah, if anything the the best people or the people that progress the most, in my opinion, are the people that look at other businesses or look at other physiques and think right okay that's great that's really really good it's ahead of me but how can i do it better like what can i do better um so spot on because... yeah and and it's actually quite funny and like i know this might sound like oh rob you're such a typical airhead gym head but i think <laughs> but i think bodybuilding has so many and and building a good physique has so many analogies that carry over into business and the real world I, I just this is what I personally think. I think like teach you a lot of discipline. It teaches you patience. Mm. Oh my God, does it teach you patience? Yeah. And it teaches you that results do not come overnight. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you know that's why some of the some of the most successful people and are in the fitness industry and just killing it and have so much growth from doing so many different things. Like obviously you mentioned you mentioned Christian, who's now like he's just pie in his finger so many pies that yeah. you know now he's progressed so well it's like it's super inspiring for anyone that's looking up but that that all came from his his passion for fitness you know just, there you just go yeah and, yeah. yeah and and also you will notice this like i actually watch a lot of youtube that isn't anything to do with fitness um so for example um like even I, I know you can love him or hate him but like ty lopez you oh, know yeah. okay <laughs> he, he's been quite you know he's got his name out there or even like gary v or anyone like who's great i love gary yeah. but they all hit the gym they all yeah, exercise they literally every successful person exercises daily i'm telling you that it is like so important for a business mind yeah no for sure i totally agree that's a really interesting point actually i think yeah. a lot of people touch on that um especially you know they, they seem to all train in the morning get it out of the way and then get on with their yeah. day and there's something quite rewarding about that i know that when it just 
especially training in the AM as well, it kind of puts you in a, in a really good frame Start, of mind. Starts your day off right. And like, I think um, like people sometimes look at lifting weights or the gym as this vain thing. And I actually think like, I, I, can, I can become a bit of a deep thinker at times. And I think there is actually, it's a lot more important than some people portray. Yeah, no, I totally agree, Rob. So when it comes to your your physique and your business, I know that vlogging and social media and the knowledge that you've gained and the following that you've gained has probably had um, an overwhelming positive influence on both of these things. But I'd like you to just sort of be honest and be real to people that are looking to invest in their social media growth and business. How much has doing this and filming your sessions and putting together incredible edits and going to sleep at 3 a.m., how much has that, do you think, taken away from your development of your physique and potential gains that you could have had if you hadn't have invested so hard in your socials? I know it's a difficult question, but yeah, do you yeah. think that no, it's had an effect? It's, it's a good question, and I honestly think it has had an effect for the better okay. because yeah because the fact that i have so many people watching me and okay, like so, awesome. 150 youtube's on i checked it there's 160,000 yeah, yeah. today and my instagram is like 152 or 153 Mental. anyways i'm like i got it you know i got to <laughs> reach no matter what i always you know stick to my routine okay so that has actually made me really disciplined and it's very motivating and Obviously, I have like a very concentrated following in Dublin, okay. and the gym I go to, Raw Gym, every single day, every single day for the past six months to a year, there is a subscriber in there, if not more, that come up to me, ask for a picture, and say hello. And some people are like, does that not annoy you? And I'm like, are you joking me? The fact that I have a subscriber in the room watching me, I train my ass off. <laughs> I want to show off. <laughs> so it, it's, it's definitely made a better, um, it's definitely made my physique better. And yeah. of course, I, I can work whenever the hell I want. Yeah, so man. I can, if it becomes 12 o'clock and I'm in the middle of emails, I'd say, I'm going to do them later. I'm going to hit the gym. So um, no, it's definitely... It's definitely had a better effect on my physique. And do not forget that I came from a nine to six office background yeah, yeah. working for someone else. And that actually had like, I still got to the gym as much as I can, but it would come to six o'clock, I'd get off work. It would take me about an hour to drive home in traffic. Seven o'clock, I'd eat dinner. Eight o'clock, gym closes at nine. Yeah, I'd, be lucky that, get, yeah. I'd be lucky to get 45 minutes in. So that actually had more of an effect on my physique. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good comment because I think, I think a lot of people think that the whole YouTube thing takes time and you know you put all this effort into the edits and and that's that's really really true. But and at the same time, you it's the way you manage your time that that makes the effect on your physique, obviously. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, I've I've had that in the past where you know even being involved in the fitness industry, so I used to personal train and I'd be up at half four for a five thirty session until. 12 i train in the in the gap between and then i do evening sessions as well so that was my life 
and that, that I got injured, I got hurt so much more frequently. My sleep was rubbish. I probably wasn't oh, growing as effectively. Oh gosh! Yeah. Don't talk to me about sleep. It's so important. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <is> crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, so but important. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so once you actually do actually start working for yourself, um, and you have your own business or whatever, you work on your own hours. You're, you have to get really good at time management. Yeah, like you, you have to, yeah. you have no choice. So uh, getting in my, scheduling my gym sessions is um, something I've, I've gotten better at, yeah. For sure, wicked. So one of my final questions on socials for you, Rob, and it may be a bit of a difficult question, but I'm sure you'll be okay with answering it. So when it comes to, obviously you've got your own business, got the coaching, got the clothing, got all these revenue streams. How much or how, how like what realistic earnings do you look at or do you receive potentially from your YouTube side of things? And how mainly if you're, I mean, I 100% I understand if you don't want to get too in depth on the numbers itself, but mm-hmm. how was it mainly growing? So what sort of growth have you seen from starting with the camera on the wall um, and obviously not like that was a free investment. You've obviously invested in cameras and stuff, but how much has it grown from that to now? And yeah. give people a, maybe a realistic idea as open as honest as you can be. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's like something I'm actually want to make a video on this Lots this week. Have, yeah. Actually, yeah, a lot of people have. I was like kind of like, hmm, you know, can I do this? And then I saw a few uh, people actually make this video. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it's definitely good. You don't have to show your freaking bank details no, exactly uh, yeah so like yeah yeah so it's definitely good but so to compare like 2015 i like was just i was like break i was like doing more than breaking even okay. which is like and like you know traveling and kind of doing whatever Fair and enough. so that was great because you got to remember that 98 percent of businesses fail they literally fail yeah. No money. Only here, yeah. <laughs> only here for 2%, right? And then it's something like out of that 2%, it's like a lot of them take three years to break even. Yeah. So like I was doing like, tw- when I was fresh faced 2015, I was actually doing all right. Uh-huh. 2016, things really started to pick up. And then in the last uh, six months, um, yeah. yeah, like really, really living culture, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, so... <laughs> I'm going to go through like my main sources of income okay. um, and like, you know, starting with, you know, the, the main ones and going down to the smaller ones. So my main ones right now would be ebook. Would be wow, number one. So, so for example, yeah, yeah. I think this is a really good question. To finish things off. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say my, my ebook's 30 euro. Okay. Okay. I have a oh, 160,000 YouTube followers, okay? Yeah. Let's say, let's say a measly, a measly 1% of my audience buy that, yeah. okay? You know, you can do the maths. That's yeah. like over 30 grand in, in a week, okay? So like, the, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's like, that's not even if you've got like, you sell more than 1% to your audience. And then you've got like sponsorships and brand deals. And nowadays, TV is falling off, okay? When the ads come on, where, where do you look down? You look That's at your fine. phone, okay? Yeah. When the ads come on, what else do you do? You pre-record it and you skip past them, okay? So now companies are paying ridiculous amounts to get on your phone, okay? Yeah, yeah. Get on your Instagram to get on your YouTube. And I, I've earned 
up to three thousand euro for a single Instagram post. Wow, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Now, like, obviously, I don't oh, do wow. these every single day. Yeah. But when I was working my nine to six, it would take me nine hours of work every single day, five days a week, and I was earning under two grand a month. Wow. So now I can click a freaking button. <laughs> like, it's it actually is is like so I'm, I was like, what the? Such what? a mind like, fuck. It's actually such a mind fuck that in one second you can earn more than you did in hours and hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and work. Okay, so it's really mind blowing and. Like, you know, yeah, it's just crazy. So that, that'd be like number two. Then online coaching, um, you can, if you are like really want to put in the grind, spend a lot of time on your laptop, this is, this used to be my main income at the very beginning. Um, but now I'm spending more time on, I'm getting, you know, the ebook is automated, spending more time relaxing a little bit or trying to, more time traveling, more time on YouTube. So now I honestly only take on about five to 10 clients. Yeah, I offer my prices, but I only take on about five, 10 clients. But there was a stage where I was taking on like 30 clients, if not more. So yeah. like that was like a great earning, but it was very stressful. So yeah, if it. you're willing, <laughs> if you're putting willing to put in the grind for you know the first while, then you can make a lot through online coaching. Yeah. I know a few guys who are just like really good and efficient at it and they can successfully manage like 50 to 60 clients. And that's like, you know, yeah, 50, lot, yeah. and it's like 300 euro for a plan, you know, on average in the industry yeah. uh, for continuous coaching. So that's some good money there. And then clothing as well. You know, is if you buy in bulk a large amount of clothing, the more you buy at a single time the is the so. cheaper it will be. So that yeah. can be very profitable as well. And then for speaking engagements, this is actually something that is just so crazy for me to look back on. And this is why the start is always the hardest. When I first started out, I was doing talks for free. I was literally like trying, cause you want to get your name out there. Yeah, you know, sure. you want to push your product. So doing talks for free at the start is perfect. But now, you know, I've been paid a thousand per hour to do a talk at like oh, wow. some some big colleges. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, I think I touched on sponsorships and brand deals second. And um, yeah. if you got like a good following and it's mutually beneficial for the company, you can be, when you're contracted as an athlete, whatever you want to call it, if you think bodybuilding is a sport or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Athlete, it's just what's written in your contract. So it doesn't matter. So you can be earning just a couple thousand in a salary per month for literally just taking products that you take anyways. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, and then there's like the commission side of it, you know? So there's like just so many different streams of revenue. Uh, again, like I threw out some loose numbers there, but like, I don't want to give my exact income. No, of course, yeah, yeah. I think that's just kind of rude and like, you know, to say on the internet, but yeah. I, I hope that gives you a good idea of what some people in the fitness industry, if they're smart about it, are earning. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, the thing is, it's like, we're in what you mentioned right at the start about the fact that you know when you first started you ticked over we're in what people don't realize is we're in such a fucking lucky position in the fitness industry where we can literally if we have the knowledge we invest in whatever qualifications we need we can pretty much make enough to beat whatever we were doing previously if you put in the work easily like so oh. easily People oh i have it. this like theory that I, well it's not a theory it's like i don't even know how to call it. it's this thing okay that i always say and it's called the magic number right yeah. 
So when you've got your, you're working your usual nine to five grind for someone else that most people do, you earn X amount, okay? So my magic number, I was earning, it was like 1800 euro a month, okay? okay. Uh, that was like my salary when I worked for someone else, mm -hmm. nine to six, okay? Yeah. So when I left, quit my job and did my own business, I was like, if I'm earning at least 1800 euro a month, I'm beating, I'm beating what I was doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you're safe, you're safe to go. Yeah. And I actually was doing my side business alongside my nine to five and I didn't quit my job until Ipsit Fitness earned over 1800 euro in, in a month. It, it, that, from, at that stage, it was just from online coaching. Yeah. Um, so I was like, then it's safe, you've beaten your magic number and it's safe to do your own thing. Um, yeah. And like even in nowadays, if I'm like looking back, I'm just like, and I'm being hard on myself. I'm like, Rob, you're clearing that magic number. Don't worry about it, man. You know, like, so it, it's great to look. The only time you should look back is to see how far you've come. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I'm sure that you had goals, like obviously you had this magic number and then probably from there forward, you, you increased that to wanting, you know, to make 2,500 a month. You increased yeah. that to make him want to like 3,500 a month. And now, yeah. him, now you, I bet you look back on the, those goals and you think like, nah like come on now because you're oh. making so much more like it's crazy yeah. it, it, it's it's like it's mad me and my accountant um we're like comparing to we're doing 2016 now we've done 2015 taxes and we're just comparing them and just like <laughs> it's crazy um yeah. but one thing i want to really throw in there that it's like people sometimes tend to view making money as evil like they honestly think it's evil if you yeah. earn a living by yourself and I think if you make money in a morally wrong way by like scamming people or ripping people off, that will come back to bite you in the ass and you will crumble. Absolutely. So I think honestly, if you are, especially in the fitness industry, if you are going to plan on long term and longevity and long long term success, then you've got to do it without by providing benefit with people benefit for people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Amazing, Rob. Cool. So. We will finish with one thing that you wish someone who is listening to this podcast to take away and just basically any advice or any top tip that you would give someone when it comes to um, growing a f fitness media <laughs> entirety. Wow. Um, the biggest okay. tip that you'd give someone to, or the biggest thing that you want someone to take away from this podcast. Okay. I'm just, I'm just gonna fire out like the first things that come to my head because they're probably what I actually think. So be, be, be passionate, okay? Be driven and be prepared that it is not gonna be easy. Do not kid yourself into thinking that you're gonna build this dream life by luck or that it's gonna be easy. Sure. And please keep in mind that the start is always the hardest and the start is when 95% of people quit. Yeah, no, brilliant. Awesome, Rob. So thanks again very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And I think this will provide an amazing resource for people, Rob. No worries at all. I, I, I legit forgot it was even a podcast and we were just having a good chat. Yeah, so no, that, that, thanks that's, for having a chat with me. <laughs> no worries. No, that's the way it should be. Like, that's the way I see it. I mean, I do, you know, I do still get kind of nervous for these things sometimes, but then I just think now I'm just having a, just having a chat with Rob. I mean, you know. It's... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> sipping the water just have <laughs> amazing so guys um if you've listened to this podcast and enjoyed it then please do give it a share so either directly send the link to your friend or share it across on facebook on social media 
If you've enjoyed it as well, please give it a like on YouTube. I'm sure Rob will um, maybe scour the comments. If you have any further questions for Rob, then please leave them in the comment section because I'm sure Rob will see them and yes. potentially answer them. Uh, which is an amazing opportunity to sort of you know engage with Rob and also if you do get a chance I would love a review on iTunes so many of you have now popped up and reviewed the podcast which I super appreciate and yeah that's pretty much it for episode 27 thanks again for listening and we'll see you in episode 28 cheers Rob been a pleasure thank you (laughs)